What's up, guys? You are about to listen to the SEC Championship Preview Pod here on College Football Uncensored. We just want to give a quick shout-out before we start to our good friends at Crystal, uh, or Crystals, as uh, me and everyone in the South has probably called it um, for quite some time. We love these people. Uh, it is uh, it, Crystal reminding you that it is your move to keep all your fans in your life fueled throughout the season. Uh, pick up some original Crystal Sackfuls, Chili Cheese Pups, or their new crispier fries to feed everyone at your tailgate or viewing party for the rest of this season, and especially tomorrow on game day. Download the app, make it easier to order today. Make a game plan with Crystal, because when you keep Crystal on your side this season, you could score the W. Uh, definitely go check them out. They have great tater tots as well. I want to throw that out there. Um, and like I said, you know, we, we are not an Oregon State podcast anymore, but that does not mean we cannot have any snack 12 after dark. Go get yourself a sack full of 12 Crystals. Enjoy it immensely. Now let's get to the show. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome into another episode of Comfortable Uncensored. I'm your host, your only host, and the only host moving forward that will ever host this show. Tyler, I hope you're listening. Um, I'm kidding. I, I'm Chris Marler. We are. I'm in a glass case of emotion, as most of you could probably guess. I'm joined by a very special guest host. We have my man just dropped everything he was doing, uh, and like five minutes ago, I was like, "Yeah, I got you." Chris Gordy, welcome in. Yeah, what's up, Marler? I've been doing some some deep diving into. Uh... Coming up with 25 reasons why Bama can win the game on Saturday. Ooh, 25 total reasons? Yeah, I have one so far. I was going to say, I can say two, like tops. Um, what, what's the one reason? Uh, because Georgia will face the toughest quarterback they faced all year. Yeah, pretty much the only quarterback they faced all year. Hey, come on now. Hendon Hooker had a little run there. Hendon Hooker was a good quarterback. That's a good point. Um, no, we're, we're going to get into it. We'll talk some SEC football, SEC championship game. Um uh, I mean, you've obviously been to that game before, and, and it's like it really is like I, I hate to be this guy as like a homer, but it it is like my one of my favorite events of the year, especially when Bama's in. It. Like growing up in the city, we've got a fanfare every year. I've been going to fanfare since I was like you know since 1994, since the first fucking. I just realized that that is 27 years. That is that is scary. I guess. Um, go well, ahead. it's been it's been the Alabama Invitational for like the last yeah. 13. 12 years so yeah for for fans of mississippi state and old miss dude it's a blast i mean you guys have never been but like i've been to mississippi really state fun. one 1998 man 1998 is mississippi state versus uh yeah it was, it was 98 mississippi state versus tennessee but um no man i just it's exciting there's free dr pepper i love dr pepper uh it's a blast down there they have a bunch of the old old um you know sec greats down there real quick off the bat because my add is, is already just in you know full effect did you by any chance watch the SEC story that just came on? No, I, I saw the email about it. I, I think I DVR'd it. I didn't watch yeah. it. It's good. It is one of the most depressing things I've ever seen in my life. It, it was it was like an Auburn player for one who was like a running back on the 1957 team who killed someone. It was a murderer. It was a murderer. <laughs> like, like and the whole the whole story. So, guys, we'll just we'll take you through a, a quick little movie synopsis here. Uh Siskel and Ebert here, and and, and basically. And I'm, I'm watching it and I'm like kind of cracking up at the beginning because it starts off and he, it's about this running back named Charlie Hoppy, I think, or something Hoppy. They called him Hippity Hop. Hippity Hoppy, huh? Do you get it? It's very, yeah, it's very, very white person football back in yes. the day. He's from Chattanooga. His other nickname was the Chattanooga Choo Choo, which was also something. I was like, okay. Um, and so he enjoys he, dancing the Charleston. Yeah, right. <laughs> the whole thing was like, it's like his, his, his widowed wife, his 
former teammates and, and they're, they're doing what they always do in things like this. And I, and this is where if, if you guys listen to the pod and you know me well enough, you know that I don't take this shit seriously. So it's like, he's like, you know, some fucking 80 year old man named Harold or Glenn. And he's like, Charlie, Charlie Hobby was the fastest running back I ever seen in my life. He got a, you give him that ball and he was like a dang rocket just going down the sidelines. It's like, first off, dude, rockets weren't even fucking around when you were alive. Um, it was, it was he, incredible. He ran like a five, two. They're like, <laughs> man, he was blazing. He got a step on you. Ain't nobody in the country going to catch Charlie Hoppy. And so he's, he's in there talking and he's going, he's like, yeah, you know, you know, uh, one night Charlie Hoppy's coming back from from auburn and, and and he was like i think the quote was like he arrived back in auburn but he was dead inside and i was like fucking been there brother been there almost every iron bowl i totally hear that and uh and so they're, they're sitting there and he's he's driving back whatever from this like his hometown and they're like but this time charlie was driving away from something he might as well have been running running away from his past and i was like what happened and then it was a murder he murdered somebody was it like a student or like who did he kill it was a young woman like just no, kidding, out of for sport like or <laughs> yeah. was there like so they were playing most dangerous game and it was like it was uh no it was it was <laughs> so, and the whole the whole first five minutes i was like i can't fucking deal with this because it's so it's just it's just different times obviously right so so this is this is what i hated most about it um so the murder was somebody was tailgating him dangerously it was he, road rage road rage no no so the guy behind him was like this like bootlegger and he was he was a he was a, a runner for a bootlegging and, and he uh he had also dated Charlie's sister and he was, he was like a known, he'd gotten away with murder. He, he had like beaten a murder rap. Uh, he also was like in the, like, I, I don't know. He, he, he basically was up to no good. He was chasing Charlie and Charlie had made a trade earlier that day. He had bartered as you do for a shotgun. And they never said what he traded, traded it for. Like, but he got himself a shotgun. So he told his, I guess, girlfriend at the time, wife to take the gun and, and give it to him and he was going to shoot it. So he shot it out the window. Now I'm trying to do like, <coughs> excuse me, I'm trying to do the logistics here. Wait, if so you're driving, like drive-by? If, if you're, he's the guy's behind him. If you're driving, hold the gun out the window and shoot it at like your hands at like two o'clock. Right. Like, I mean, is it a th- shotgun or a handgun? It was a shotgun. Okay. So yeah, I he mean, shot he the hands, guy right? and the guy got into a crash and died. And it was Charlie Hoppy's fault. And then, and then, and then it gets even more fucked up because it's like he goes back to school. He doesn't tell anybody, but the Baptist preacher. Fast forward later in the episode, the, the Baptist preacher is like a narc. <laughs> he was like, "I'll tell my whole story." Wow. And so, but the worst part of the whole show was this, and this is what I hate. This is like there's some old man, you know, like what is it like if you're like he's a professor, and I feel like if you're over the age of like fucking fifty, and you're a professor, you just only start wearing tweed, like. Oh, everything yeah. everything's an earth tone tweed you know what i mean and, and this, did he have a thick beard so he had a mustache he had, he had okay. a funny mustache type thing it's a very good point and so he's sitting here and, and he's going he's like you know that that team you knew that team was going to be one of the best teams in the country i was like did we did we know that and so he's, he's there going, were only 18 teams at the time <laughs> they're talking like we'd only beaten georgia tech one time in 16 years and we beat him that year we beat we beat him bad it was three nothing it was three nothing Ironically, Bama claimed a championship that year. It's actually uh, the first year Bear Bryant was there, I believe. It might have been '58, but it was um, it was like the it was not it was not it was the one losing season Bear Bryant had it was that year. So wow. don't you fucking check your facts, bro. Don't you ever slander out? I'm kidding. Wait, um, tell, tell me more about the old time Aaron Hernandez. Okay, so, <laughs> so, so the guy goes, the guy goes. I tell you, in that team, and you had Shug Jordan, 
Suge Jordan, because if you can't pronounce the the U or the O in anything, that's that guy. He hated vowels and he hated Alabama, and so he he goes in there. He goes, you know, and you had so and so and so and so as these two players, right? Hippity Hop McGee and whoever else. They got caught on the fourth floor, fourth or fifth floor, of the girls' dormitory, and I don't know. And they they switched to David Housel, who used to be AD, and I never wanted right. to hear this word come out of David Housel's mouth. And he was like, I don't know if it was a panty raid or if it wasn't a panty raid, but it might have been a panty raid. And I was like, what is happening here? Wow. So David Housel, fucking old ass David Housel's going, talking about panty raids. And they, and they said, they said, they, you know, the boys, they went in the middle of the day. They, went the, they, they knew what they was getting into. And they switched back to the old man in the tweed. And he says, you know, and that was by far out of anything he did his entire career here. It was the most, that was the best thing, the most impressive thing Suge Jordan ever did. Keep in mind the fucking field and and not field the stadium is named after him. Named he won a national right. title that year. It's because he kicked the, the quarterback off the team for the panty raid. <laughs> hey, you got it. You got to show discipline, right? That's he goes. I tell you what, you let your quarterback do that. You let one man do that. You got sixty of them doing that, and I, which speaks a lot to the the panty raids and the morals of Auburn football <laughs> players at that time. I think I think that's that's that was my takeaway. Is even then they were they were despicable. Him and Jitterbug Jenkins, <laughs> they were just killing it back then. Um, okay, that was our movie review for the day. Um, oh, like sounds I said, great. I'll, I'll definitely uh, watch it. It was an hour long. It was terrible. It was awful. <laughs> it, like, it, like, because there was no redeeming story. It was like, it, it, oh my god! In the end, the end, it was just him going. So and so died. He died. So and so, he played left guard. He died. And it's just all these people that died, and you're like, my god. Anyway, yeah, I think, I think what's your favorite SEC story? Mine is the one with uh, the poisoning the trees. That's, my, that's mine. My um, see, it's, it's Christmas too. It's that one. It's where the Auburn players died and then murdered people. Cause it just, you know, again, like that's for me. No, I'm kidding. The, the, my favorite SEC story, the, the one where you talk about the one, the trees died, the, the, the Auburn, Alabama, the iron bowl, the roll tide war Eagle. Yeah. Roll tide war Eagle. Okay. So that's a, that's a 30 for 30. I think you might be right, but uh, my favorite part of that whole thing is when they interview Harvey Updike and Harvey Updike is just like shit home. And he goes, they come into his house. You know, like most people have like a man cave, like you have stuff going on, like behind you here, like, you know, footballs and basketballs and collectibles and Harvey Updike, his fucking white trash self just comes in. He goes, I got over 30 hats. I got I got 30 hats right here and they're just sitting on display. And you're like, Jesus Christ. Harvey. And you know, he got him at a fucking Texaco. Next to his picture of Alabama, his right. daughter. <laughs> so terrible. Um, I don't know if that's my favorite one. The Lolo Jones one was pretty good. She was just yeah. hot. Yeah. The, the, didn't they? I think they did one on the uh, the coach the that LSU hired that died in a plane crash. What? What is yeah, up you, with this? You don't remember that one? Like he, Bo Ryan was his name. He was like one of the hottest names in college football. They hired him, and he was going on his like first recruiting trip before the. You know, he didn't even coach a game, and like the plane just disappeared. Right, so. And, Never been found. I, that's what happened with Leonard Skinner, I think, right? You yeah. sure you're not talking about Leonard Skinner behind the music? Oh, yeah, yeah. I confused you. <laughs> I, I will say that um, the Hold the Rope one was good. I'm going through them right now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold the Rope one was Skip actually Berman. really, really good. Yeah. I So I never saw the Behind the Voice one. That's the one with the... Um, oh, with all the play-by-play voices? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that would be really good. But I'm trying to go through them right now. The You Don't Know Bo is pretty good. Um, I, I was reading that email the other day. It said, email Amanda Brooks, our friend who's the I love Amanda Brooks. At, uh, ESPN PR, and it says she could give you advanced copies. So I think I'm just going to keep emailing her asking for advanced copies of things. 
She'd be like, I can't yeah. keep sending you advanced copies of stuff. I might need to delete that tweet I just had about it being the most depre- depressing thing ever. By the way, and, I, and, I, and I need them on DVD, by the way. Right? No, no Blu-ray. <laughs> Got the whole thing on Laserdisc. Um, I, I, Amanda Brooks, by the way, I honestly almost had her on as the guest this week because one of my favorite people of all time, um, we met her when we got to go up to the SEC Network and she let me and Connor go up there and spend the day with those guys. And man, you want to talk about just like one of the best people, like one of the happiest, brightest people. There's, I've never had a time in my life where I've, I've, I've seen her, seen like a picture of her, seen a post of hers where it's not brought a smile to my face. She's like the most positive person ever. I, I fucking love Amanda Brooks. So um, she, I mean, she, she went from this season, she went bouncing back and forth from SEC yeah. Nation to college game day. And if you saw like the picture she posted, like one day she's in uh-huh. snow with game day. The next week she's in like 95 degree heat in Gainesville. Right. Like she bounced back and forth and that's tough, man. Like to be Dude, dealing. She handles and, all the PR. And yeah, and these people have egos like your Roman Harpers and your yep. Jordan Rogers. Like these guys are like, they're big time. So like to deal with them and keep them on schedule, have them where they have to be. Poor Laura Rutledge. We talked to her in Lexington oh, and she God. was like, she was, she just came from an NFL live meeting and then she was prepping for SEC nation. I'm like, how do you keep yeah. your head on straight? It's unbelievable. I get it. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I forgot to order my egg rolls. Like I told you like off air, like I, I haven't even ordered dinner yet. So I don't know how you fucking do that. Very important. Um, you eat just egg rolls. You don't do like a combo meal. I mean, I'm going to get, I'm going to get a meal. I'll be honest, but the, the egg rolls at this place are so fucking good. And I don't, I like, I just, I don't know what it is. And like, I'm in Milton, Georgia, you know, they're not real. You know, it's not like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's not like it can't be real Chinese food, but they're so fucking good. Um, anyway, let's get into actual important stuff. Um, oh God. Uh, okay. I don't know what this is, but listen, so here, here's the, we'll get into the SEC, the SEC championship game. Um, you know, Tyler usually hosts this. So I, uh, we're going to go off the cuff here for me because because like this is this is a, I did all my di- my deep dive earlier this week. I'm ready to go. I'm fucking fired up. I've already got my tagline ready. I've, I've you know, I've been all over Twitter. Before we get into the breakdown, what's your favorite part of the SEC championship game? What's your favorite SEC championship game memory? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, the most recent one was, you know, I'm. I'm, I'm an LSU guy. And so being there in 2019, seeing Joe Burrow, I mean, like that was a really good Georgia team that LSU yeah. played in 2019. The one that South Carolina beat that won three games that year. Hey, that, was good, you think? that was a good team. And they like demolished their defense. Put it that way. Their defense yeah. was really good. Yeah. And Joe Burrow just like took it to him. And then the next week he hangs 63 on Oklahoma. So whatever. Can I, can I tell you a story behind that real quick is that when he did the 63 points, I, I that was when, that was when um, Insminger's daughter uh, yeah. passed away right and that tragedy right. like and so and I had heard that and I was like that's terrible like I mean because it's like happens right for the game right but I remember like hearing that and I had already placed my bet and I was like Oklahoma first quarter Oklahoma first half there's no way else she's gonna come out here focused right it's 28 nothing in the first quarter it was Jordan Jefferson had four touchdowns in the first quarter Justin Jefferson yeah. Jordan Jefferson never crossed the 50 in 2012 yeah, but people forget yeah, that's my uh bad. But no, enjoy your Lincoln Riley USC. I'm sure he'll do great. Yeah. Um, the 2007 SEC championship game. It was it was kind of I, I, I joke with my Vol friends like mm-hmm. it's it was the end of the Vol whatever like mm-hmm. that they've been like largely relevant ever since yeah. that like Eric Berry intercepts Ryan Parallel in that Barry. game. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then LSU somehow wins it, and then somehow that night West Virginia loses, like all hell breaks loose, and LSU finds their way into the national championship and wins it, but. Uh, that was a fun one because, again, it was the last time the Vols had been there. So, you know, the, 
Last Even come close, really, right? <laughs> no, I mean, seriously, like the last 15 years, has it just been Georgia and Florida? Uh, Mizzou. People always Mizzou got Mizzou. there. Mizzou yeah. was there. Mizzou went there two of their first three years. I, and I will stand by this fact that like that 2013 Mizzou team, that 2014 Mizzou team, they were better than any of the Florida teams that went there up until last year. Um, from that from that point on, they were they were way better in 2015, way better in 2016. Um, and then Georgia, you know, once once they got Kirby, he kind of took over. But the Tennessee thing, I remember that year, 2007. Just in terms of being like the most bizarre year ever, right? I'm I'm 21 and in college, and so from what I remember that year, um, like I remember Bama Tennessee was a Jefferson Pilot game, and I was like, "What the fuck is this? Like, <laughs> we're a Jefferson Pilot game against this rival?" And and then you had well, that, I, I, that was was that right after y'all lost to Louisiana Monroe that year? Fuck off, Gordy. We beat. I was Tennessee. I'm just bringing it up. <laughs> no, we were actually we won that game, and we were six and two. And we went, to, we had a week off and then played y'all and then lost in horrific fashion. Um, that was when we had a seven point lead with three minutes to go. Yavi Arenas had a touchdown, a punt return for a touchdown and the place fucking erupted. And then you guys drove down the field and scored a tie it. And Glenn Dorsey sacked John Parker Wilson as he's going down. He, he spins around and fumbles inside of our own like, 15. Ch- Chad Jones, I thought had a sack or something. I don't know. I don't know. I, I remember how I want to remember it. Okay. Just like everything else. <laughs> um, no, but it was, you know, I think that season, I remember, I will never forget that night. Cause I'm sitting there in my apartment at the Grove in Milledgeville, Georgia, shout out the Grove apartment 222 uh, was a Rick Ross line from that year that we just, you know, we knew it was about us. And I remember sitting there and I'm with a bunch of Georgia fans. And at that point, that team was so fucking fun, man. Like no Sean Moreno, Matt Stafford and, and, you know, um, Muhammad Massacoy and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And it was just so much fun to watch. And like you had the blackout game a couple of weeks ago and, and that team was on a fucking tear, right? They're on a tear. And then I still maintain it. And, and Jacob Hester, he did not like when I said this. And he was, I was like, you know, it was clear to everyone that the two best teams at the end of the year were Georgia and LSU just flat out. And I mean, Georgia and USC. And he was like, excuse me, I won a national championship ring that year. And I was like, my bad. So, yeah. but like, I remember that night we're sitting there and it's like, there's no way Georgia can get into the national championship. This is the BCS era, right? Yeah. There's only two teams going to get in. And everything that had to happen, we're, we're just like Charlie from, from always Sunday, like right now this fucking conspiracy theory thing on the wall. <laughs> and we're, we're watching it. We're like, Oh my God, everything is happening. Like everything is happening. And yeah. it was wild, man. It was wild. And, um, Oof, it was a, it was a fun one. So don't, I, I, don't forget. I, I completely forgot. I'm looking back at the sec championship game history. I forgot the cam Newton year, South Carolina, South Carolina yeah. got to Atlanta. They got their ass kicked. Steve Spurrier. It was close. Actually, it was close in um, the first half. And then, and then Auburn scored on a hail Mary. Yeah. Yeah. It was uh, that was, that was tough. I was like that entire year. I pulled harder against Auburn than I did for Bama for sure. I think, so I always tell the story too. 94 was the year I, I threw that, that tennis match when I was eight um, I lost on purpose and got kicked off the team so I could go watch Bama at Florida. And it was a one point <laughs> loss. That was tough. Um, there's been some fun ones, man. 99 was a lot of fun. Like the year Bama won that one. Some of these, like, you know, a lot of times it seems like there's like one dominant team and we, we kind of miss some of the, like the great games. Um, you know, like obviously the 2012 and 2000, uh, 18 SC championship are, and I'm not saying this is a shit on Georgia fans. It's just, that those are two of the best ones of all time. Yeah. It, well, like, they're the, only, they're some of the only close ones. I yeah. mean, you're right. Oh, I mean, so, right? Uh, yeah. A lot of years, these teams are, you know, there's a, a, just a dominant team. Hold on. Can I guess, can I guess the ones that were less than like seven points? You're, yeah. you're looking at it. Okay. Yeah. 90, 94 was one point. Um, 97 yes. was a four point win from Tennessee. 
Yes. Uh, um, one, po- one point went 30 to 29. Oh, okay. I thought it was 31 to 27. Um, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. I know 2012. 2000, the 2000s were kind of a blur for me. Uh, wasn't there <laughs> one in 2000? The one against y'all was a seven point, the 2007 one. Yeah, 07 was 21 14. Um, y'all upset Georgia, but I don't think it was a seven point loss in, in 2003. No, it was it was 34 13. I'll let you know. Yeah, I was gonna say. And then so you have, um, I know 2005 was 30 to three, or 2002 was 30 to three, Georgia over Arkansas. Um, 2010 was a blowout. 2011 was close at halftime, and then Matthew had that punt return. You guys beat him 45 to 14. Yeah, and like um, the court and threw for like no yards. Like that right. was the most incredible. Mm-hmm. beat down yeah 2012 uh bama georgia i mean like it's crazy to think was this only the third time you guys have played alabama georgia in the sec title game at least in recent years 2012 2018 oh yeah i guess so mm-hmm. it's crazy it, fe- it feels like it's been more than that of course yeah the, the national championship game right which, l- lest we forget that one but the, uh, well the national championship was played in the same building which i think is what, right but I, I really i mean honestly like and I, I don't care how this sounds i tweeted this out earlier this week and people thought i was kidding which was kind of the intent but um, I, I mean, my favorite thing about the SEC championship every year, <laughs> it's just like, and everybody listening knows how fucking emotional I am anyway. But my favorite thing every year is at the very end when they do the trophy celebration and ceremony, like the confetti's fallen. Usually they're playing Sweet Home Alabama if you're, you know, if you're, they're playing Colin Baton Rouge if you're an LSU fan and, and you're sitting there and, and, you're, and you're, you're, I have goosebumps talking about, right? Your team is on the, on the fucking podium and you guys have, you guys, you guys did it. You finished the season. And you've won the SEC championship, which is might as well just be the fucking national championship. And they start playing Coldplay Fix You. (laughs) (laughs) They're playing it. And it's this montage of like of like the teams from the past and all that kind of stuff. And it takes you through 94 through. And so every time your team's up there, you're cheering and stuff like that. I have full on goosebumps now. And and like you, you like you're showing like the teams like from the past and they get up there. It's like 2018, 2019, 2020. And then now it's 2021 or whatever. And it's like. And it shows your team and you're like, man, it's just, it's such a, oh, man, it's, it's a, it's such a good, like they do such a great job with it as an event. Um, yes. No, I mean like the fanfare and like all that stuff, like uh, going through the, the convention center. Um, by the way, I think it, it is Chris Young is headlining the concert series on Friday night. A big time country star. Chris is he a big time country star? Well, they label him big time country, country star, Chris Young uh presented by t-mobile so yeah um hold on okay i'm flirting on twitter real quick still got it um (laughs) all right let's get into the actual oh by the way dan mullen will be a featured guest on sec nation so that won't be on that that won't be awkward (laughs) (laughs) like 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 so uh, there was a story that came out this week and then we got to really start breaking down the game because we haven't done that yet um there was a story about that came out this week about uh about a book that urban Meyer wrote when he was at, I think it after his first championship at Florida. And it was like highlighting how difficult Dan Mullen was to get along with. And it was like, people don't realize how, um, you know, like how uh, difficult his personality is. Like Tebow didn't want to go there because of him. Tebow almost didn't wow. go there because of him. It was, it was just like a whole thing. So anyway, um, Oh God. Oh, these fucking Georgia fans. Anyway, all right, let's get, let's get into the actual, <laughs> breakdown of this game because these people are i mean they're just out of control out of control this week um, right, so, so let me give you a couple keys I'll, I'll i'll just jump in and, and give you a couple things georgia obviously defensively they've got to set the tone they've got to get to bryce young alabama the offensive line we know they're banged up um 
We know the center's banged up. We know, right. I mean, they, they've had protection issues at the, th- like Evan Neal's like the only constant on that old line this year. They have got to keep pressure off of Bryce. And man, when, when I'm re- hearing all week, Brian Robinson Jr. may not play. Yeah, he's not uh, going to, from what I've yeah, been told. Yeah. I just like, I mean, Tr- Trey Sanders had a little bit of burst towards the end of the game last, you know, the Iron Bowl, but. Well, that fourth and one, he didn't. Right. Uh, I, I'm worried if if he's got to be the feature back all game, man. It, it, I just I just wonder. Like Bryce Young's best friend is the is the run game, but they're gonna have to throw. They're gonna have to throw a lot, so that pass protection is gonna have to hold up. He's got to get that ball out quick. So I, I mean, I I'd, I'd start off with some quick slants to Mechie, you know, and then do a little uh, vertical, oh, yeah. Up, little yeah, yeah a little little uh, deep pass to Jameson Williams. But man, I, like I. I, I got to get that ball out quick and, and see what the timing is. See if this, if that Bama O-line is going to hold up up front. I, so I, I think, and I fucking hate saying this, but I think you're going to have to do some jet sweeps because you're not going to run the football in this order of defense. You're, like, like I've heard some people say like, you know, they need to run it into the teeth that defense run it right at Jordan Davis. And that is the worst fucking idea I've ever heard in my life. Um, <laughs> I, I think that like, you, you've got to try to stretch them in some way, right? You, you got to, oh, that's just tough. Um, you got to kind of stretch him in, in some way. And then also the other part is like, he, he's not going to have time to throw. We know that. Like, I don't think George is going to have to bring pressure to get pressure at all. I, I think this is going to be a, like a miserable afternoon for that offensive line. Cause we've seen it. We've seen him getting gotten beat. Like we've seen him get beat in multiple ways, like LSU zero blitz, right. you know, A&M somewhat, you know, bring a backer every now and then. Um, and, and then like, you know, you, you know, last week Auburn they they had more exotic blitzes, but I think I think if you're if you're Dan Lanning and Kirby Smart, you don't even fucking bother with the right side of that offensive line because you know it's bad. You you know that you can just do whatever there, right? Overload that left side with Evan Neal, who is their best offensive lineman, hands down. He's gonna be a top five pick in the NFL draft. Get get in his head early, and then and then like get in Bill O'Brien's head and, and Bryce Young because if you can't block on the left side, what the fuck are you gonna do? You know what I mean? Like, because, because you know, they're not going to on the right side. I think you got to throw deep to, uh, to Jameson Williams a lot. I think, I think this is like a 60 attempt game for Bryce Young. I, and which sounds yeah. crazy, but like, like he's had a couple that are 50 attempts in this, in the games or in the season so far. And I think this is a 60 attempt game. Well, and look, Jameson Williams has shown as that deep threat, like just get it in his vicinity. He's going to mm-hmm. go get it. Um, I mean, Mechie was a little bit slow early in the year and he's, he's really come on, at, you know, to, down the back half. Yeah. Uh, the most glaring number I saw was sacks, uh, you know, in, in terms of sacks for both teams, it's about mm-hmm. even right. Bama's third in the country, Georgia's fourth, but sacks allowed. Not even. We're ahead of them. We have more sacks. Right, right. Okay. Two. Great. <laughs> uh, but sacks allowed oh, Georgia's s- second in the country. I they saw it, six to Stetson Bennett. Yeah, it says eight, the stat I saw, but that must have been like JT Daniels or whoever. Stetson Bennett like, has six, though. Stetson right. Bennett has been sacked six times. Bama was sacked 35. They rank 108th in college football. That's so bad. In court, giving up quarterback sacks. So you, uh, you're responsible for that stat that it ruined my life earlier this week because I, I felt like I was like, you know what? You know, who's going to block Will Anderson? And then you brought up that stat, and I was like, shit. I did not know that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Will Anderson's going to get after. And again, that's like Georgia. I almost run it, you know, run away from him. Like, or you get him over pursuit, right? Like if he's, yeah. if he's, you know, if his MO is to get into the backfield and get to the quarterback, well then, right. you know, let's hand it off and let's, let's run past him. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I mean, that's, he's a guy you've got to worry about. I mean, he's a guy who single-handedly put Bama on his back 
this year. Like the LSU game, they don't win that game without Will Anderson with what he did. There's um, a lot of games like that, you could say. To yes. be honest. I mean, like it, so, it's been it's been that kind of year. But with Georgia, man, it's just that def- their defense is just so deep. I mean, uh, like I can't tell you how many times I'd be watching a Georgia team, Georgia game this year. And maybe like the competition wasn't great, so it allowed them to do this. But mm-hmm. I'm looking at number. I'm literally going Googling their roster. I'm like, wait, who's this guy? Who's this? Yeah. Guy? It's because they're rotating new guys in constantly and they got right. fresh legs. So and that's that part is like what's so astonishing because you like Will Anderson led the te- led the country in sacks, 14 and a half sacks. Uh, and I have, I have to say this. This is not me trying to be a Bama homer. It's just giving respect to the greatest maybe defensive player of all time in college football that we don't talk enough about. Do you know the, do you know what the single season sack record is in the SEC? Single season. Um, I could guess, but just tell me. Derek Thomas had 27 sacks in a season. Okay. <laughs> probably probably wouldn't have guessed many names before him. But, yeah, that's, that's, that's stupid. I mean, so he had seven in one game against Penn State. My favorite part of it, too, is like I rewatched the game one time. So my dad told me to, and I'm watching it, and like it's like 85, 86, something like that. So you're seeing his celebration. It's like this stupid, he's like, yay! <laughs> Just like both hands in the air, like whatever. Um, but no, man, like it's 14 and a half is absurd. It's absurd. And he, he had he had 29 tackles for loss. Dude, that's the most, or 29 and a half. That's the most in college football in the last 10 years. Wow. Uh, so just, I mean, like what we're seeing from Will Anderson this year and, and Peter Burns is on, he joins us later. He, he made such a good point about this. And, and I, I'm like, I hate to be that guy. Cause I, I mean, I love Bama. I, I'd hate losing in general. I fucking hate losing, especially the dogs. You guys know that. Um, and to the dogs, both of those things. So when you, when you have like this uh, situation where you're going in and, and, and you've seen, we're at, I mean, Bama's 11 and one, they're 11 and one. You've you've had more. It's seven- a, it's a hollow eleven and one though. Like it it feels like you should have is. a second loss on there. And you know, I think was it you that said it the other day, or was it maybe somebody in the Twitter space? And they were like, and and in losses this year, Bryce Young's had this, this, and this, and it was like he has one loss. <laughs> he has one loss, and and so and, and that part does bother me. I'm gonna stick up for him because I, I really think that, it, and I'm guilty of it all the time. But as a Bama fan, like you have four games this year divided by seven points or less. That's more than you've had in the last six or seven years combined in the regular season, right? Think yeah. about that. Like four wins. That's, I mean, that's crazy, but like it's been more fun as a fan. If you really think about it, because you've, you've had to, you've been in games. Um, it's definitely one of Saban's best coaching jobs. It, I mean, it really is. We're not used to seeing it, but my God, like what a fucking enjoyable and, and good year for like, you know, it, it kind of speaks volumes to echo what Saban said last week about Bama fans being um, Bama fans being entitled because I mean, you're you're talking about a an eleven and one team that that might lose to a team that is the best team in the country. They might lose to the national champion, and you lost it on the road at A and M. And they they're not as good as they've been in the past. But what a fun team, man! What a fun team it's yeah. beat you this far. And, and you know? you've got a lot of those guys that are coming back next year for Bama. So you'll, I mean, you'll reload. You'll you'll probably get seven guys in the transfer portal that yeah. all start next year, and well, Bama will be right back. And you, you also have the fact that, like, like, I mean, think about this. And, and Bama fans, like, like, really, I'm not trying to sound like a giant, like, I'm going to say the word, just like pussy to, to, to quit on the team, right? I'm not, I'm not saying, like, you know what? You're not you guys, trying to be a Lincoln Riley, I guess. <laughs> He's just, still so salty. Um, but, no, I mean, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to sit here and say, like, you know, throw in the towel, they're going to lose to Georgia, necessarily. But if you are sitting there as a fan and you haven't enjoyed it, that Auburn win, 
you didn't enjoy the LSU win. You didn't enjoy all these other wins because because what we're used to seeing is like win and get to the next game, win and get to the next game. It's a three game season. We got to play Auburn. We got to play LSU. We got to, and we got to play in a natty or an SEC championship in the playoff this season. If you have a Heisman trophy winner, which you probably do. And you, and you have an 11 win team that, that wins their division. And, and, and I love winning, dude. I told my mom this last night. She did not like the language. I love winning. I fucking love winning. You know, what's even better than winning winning when you rip your fucking rivals heart out. I love that even more. And they did that against Auburn. That was awesome. What was Sean Connery's quote in the rock? Uh, some people will win or some lo- people lo- uh, loser, losers <laughs> whine about their best. Yeah. Winners go home and fuck the, fuck prom, the prom queen. queen. Yeah, exactly. And we did that last week in, in the planes. So uh, let me just give you a couple. And, and by the way, like for Bama for a down year for Bama is right. like you lose to the, the, the best team in, in college football in Georgia right. and like, Oh my God, the world's crumbling. We played right. for the sec championship. Like, and then you're going to go to a really good bowl game and beat the crap out of somebody. Right. And feel really good. But um, the two things that are concerning for me for Georgia, and then I'll on the flip side, I'll tell you why I think Georgia's going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, Georgia's not been as dominant running the ball this year as I thought they would be. Before right. the season, I I predicted they would lead the SEC in rushing. Fair. It's not very close. They're behind Kentucky, Florida, Tennessee, Arkansas, wow. Ole Miss. Like they're middle of the pack. And when it comes be, to you think about the, how big how big they've been up in games too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, you would think you'd be padding those stats right. late in games. Uh, they're 26 in the country in rushing. I, I love the four-headed attack when you have, like, a Zamir White, James Cook, Kenny McIntosh, Kendall. Yeah. Like, I, I can't tell them apart sometimes. I'm just like, oh, somebody scored. I don't know who that right. is. They, <laughs> they, they're all fast and quick, and they run over guys, whatever. But, yeah, I was surprised they were not as dominant running the football this year. So, that's yeah. that's one thing if, if Bama can slow down the run – Four sets of Bennett to have to make throws, you know, Kenny. And then the flip side, and I kind of teased it earlier, but I went through Georgia's schedule and I was like, man, who are the toughest quarterbacks they face this year? And I came up with a list of Hendon Hooker, Will Levis, and Bo Nix. All three of them threw for around 200 yards. Hendon Hooker threw for a touchdown. Will Levis mm-hmm. had two, but he had the second one real late, and Bo Nix didn't throw for any. Um, I left off DJ. Uyagalele, like they yeah. faced him week one, so whatever. Emory Jones threw for 112 yards against them. South Carolina, they faced Luke Doty, and then against Mizzou, uh, Connor Bazelak didn't play that week. They avoided the top four passers right. in the SEC this year: Will Rogers, Bryce Young, Matt Corral, Max Johnson, and they're going to see Bryce Young this Saturday. So this will be the toughest test for this Georgia defense. And look, Darian Kendrick and and the secondary, like uh, Keely Ringo, like they've done well, but dude. Jameson Williams and like this is a different breed. This is the yeah. these are the best receivers and the best quarterback you're going to face all year. So, if I'm making a case for Bama, those are the two things. Like maybe Georgia isn't as dominant running the football as you would think, and then also the Georgia defense going to their secondary at least is going to face their toughest test all year. Yeah, um, I this whole flirting on Twitter thing is going well here, Gordy. Um, and I got news for you too. You're going to stay on for the interview with uh, with you, Clint Lamb. You up? Question mark. Is that <laughs> what you're putting? <laughs> Chris, yeah, I'm up. It's fucking 8.30. Of course I'm up. Oh, yeah, me too. I just woke up. We're fine. Um, no, so, and I'm also disappointed because I can't order the fucking egg rolls uh, right now. This is very, very difficult. So, but you make a really good point. And I, and I don't think that, like, this isn't this isn't going to be an episode where we're trying to convince ourselves that Bama's going to beat Georgia. Because, I, I mean, I, I don't necessarily think that that's what that, what's going to happen. But I will say this, and I don't think that that – there, Georgia's a paper champion. I don't think that, that you, uh, you know, I brought the set up earlier this week. Georgia's scoring average scoring margin in games this year is 32.4. 
there have been four teams in the Power Five since 2005 that have had over 30 uh, 30 plus points per game difference in their um, average margin of victory. Three of those four won the national title. Okay, and it's it was Clemson 2018. It was Florida State in 2013. Which in this offseason we're going to do a deep dive into that team because that team was 41.8. Gordy, 41.8. They they averaged beating all the ranked teams and they beat five of them and three top 10 teams. They averaged beating them by 37 points a game. It's fucking crazy. Um, and the other one was uh, uh, 2005 Texas with Vince Young. And then 2019 Ohio state who lost, you know, in that close game to Clemson in the, in the semifinals of the playoff and would have lost in the national championship as well. But at the same time, three of those four teams, won a national title. And, and I think that speaks volumes to how good this Georgia team is to, to have that kind of number. I mean, you're talking about only four teams in the power five that have done that since 2005 and, and like to be in that kind of company. And then on top of that, I, I mean, the, the, the team that's in second right now is you're, you're a solid touchdown ahead of them per game. So when you, when you do that against the schedule they face, which is a whole other thing, the people that think they have not played anybody, I think that's horseshit. I, th- I think this team is, you know, they've played four, they've beaten four ranked teams, which is yeah. the which tied for most out of anybody in the top it, ten. It, and, by the way, I always say it matters when that what that team was ranked when you beat them. Yep, matters. Like right. I don't care that Clemson. Oh, they fell apart. Well, maybe Georgia's the reason they fell apart. If yeah. Georgia beats Clemson right. or Clemson wins that day, maybe they run the table. You don't know. But I always say like you you deserve credit for a win over a team what they were ranked when you beat them, not where yeah. they are now. So and, and and I say this too. Like I you know I think the, the strength of schedule stuff is so fucking confusing to me because it's like. I, and I had this argument the other day with my good buddy, Robbie Buffington and shout out Robbie took me out to lunch. And then we just yelled at each other. Um, even though we're both Bama fans, we're sitting there and, and he's like, you know, like they haven't played anybody. And I was like, dude, they played four ranked teams, which is tied for the most out of anybody in the college football playoff. It's, it's also more than anyone in the sec. They, they beat four ranked teams, right? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. They beat four ranked teams. LSU had a, like a fucking five game stretch in a row playing ranked teams when coach O got the ax. Um, so anyway, you have those four, you are you you beat all of them. You you have two wins against top 10 teams. It's also the most out of anybody in the SEC. You have three wins against teams that are currently ranked. So no matter how you fucking look at it, which is also the most, that's the most in the country, um, and and the SEC. So no matter how you break it down, they have the best resume, in my opinion. So the, the strength of schedule being in like 56, I, I think that's ridiculous. But like you said, they have not faced a passing attack like this. They have not and, and Bama hasn't faced a defense like this before any Georgia right. fan gets upset because it's that's my least favorite part about arguing football nowadays is like, you just can't give credit to anybody. Like, right. like, like I'm, I'm saying Georgia hasn't like, you know, they haven't faced an offense like Bama. And I know for a fact, there's some fucking dude named Randy in his Ford Raptor right now yelling. Oh, so all of a sudden Bama's played a defense like Georgia's. No, didn't fucking say that. Didn't say that both of those things can be true. But I will say this, you, you haven't faced a guy like Jamison Williams, who's just a fucking dog that's going to go down the sidelines on you and, 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 and go up and get passes. And, and, and John Mechie, who proved me wrong last week, that route he ran to win the game was fucking gorgeous. I don't think Brian Robinson's going to play. You have not faced anyone close to what Will Anderson's going to, to be off that side. And, and you guys, I know you've been waiting for me to say it. I know you've been waiting for me to say it. I say it every fucking year. You talk all the shit you want, Gordy. You talk all the shit you want as you're a Georgia fan. I, I said it earlier today, outside of my virginity and, and drinking, I, I don't know anything I've waited 14 years for. Uh, you know, maybe the Matrix. The green or, I, <laughs> I wasn't 14. I was frisky. <laughs> it's just from what I, this is all I'm saying. It's a joke, Gordy. Don't read too much into it. 
But like, I don't know anything that I've waited that long for. And these Georgia fans are chomping at the bit. And as they should, man, I get it. Like, this is this is like the this is the the monkey off your back. This is the the mountain you're trying to to climb and finally get over. And I let get all of a, that. Let me give a little credit for the Vol fans out there listening because you said they have a face to receiver like these guys, Cedric Tillman. Yeah. Lest we forget, ten catches, two hundred yards, two, a touchdown against Georgia. He was probably the best Did not receiver. Know that. They went they went up against this year. I like that. I appreciate well, you throwing that and, in there. And a lot of that, you know, some of that yardage came when the game was already out of hand. But yeah. just bringing that up um but so no but you know back to what i was saying like you know you you talk all the shit you want you know and i know i know saturday if you guys win it's gonna be a huge huge win and a, and, a, and just like chip off your shoulder finally you know monkey off your back like obstacle whatever you want to say that you guys have finally turned the corners of program and then it, it will feel like kind of smooth sailing to get to the national championship so go ahead and talk all that shit on Twitter, all the all the trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers, all the shit you want to say on social media, all the West Madaris, Emory Picker, all you guys talking shit in the Facebook group, do it and enjoy it and enjoy it because like, as I've been very vocal about what I think is going to happen in this game, but just so you know, and I'm talking to all Georgia fans here, that it's Saturday at 4 p.m. they're going to tee that fucking ball up and you're going to have to go play Alabama, <laughs> and you've done that five times or six times since 2007 and you've gotten your fucking ass beat every single time or you had your heart ripped out every single time so talk all the shit you want to now but just know on isn't this a beautiful thing gordy that i'm allowed to do this for a living yeah. <laughs> to say these things <laughs> i almost feel like i gotta do i'm gonna defend georgia in a second so you go ahead That's and get fine. It all I just, listen i i think that georgia's gonna win this game but just know because i think the key to winning this game is to get is to get georgia into two positions of what, where they haven't been and where they have been at the same time mentally. So get ahead. If you can get ahead early, if you could somehow, you know, get a turnover, pin them deep, any of that kind of stuff, like where all of a sudden some, by some miracle, you get the ball first, you score, you go up seven Oh, and you, you're able to stop them or get a turnover deep in their own territory or, or flip the field on a punt return with something or kickoff return. God forbid you go up by 14 or you're keeping this, this like you're up at halftime or keeping this thing close late. You know damn well that, that that entire loser's mentality and, and victim mentality they've had for years is going to go into effect in, in, their, in their own psyche of just, here we go again. You know, we just can't beat Alabama. It's the same thing every single time because they've been heartbroken so many times. Do I think that happens? Probably not. But that is the key to beating, beating Georgia is to get them into a place they have never been this season but have been several times in the past against Alabama. What do you have to say? I'll tell you, this team feels different. I mean, yeah. They just do. It feels like they are a team of destiny. But I will say this. Even if Georgia wins Saturday, you still got to go win it all. Like, this season will feel so hollow. If they beat Bama, they win the SEC championship, and then they go lose in the playoff. Like, you have to win it all to feel like that monkey is off your back if you're yeah. Kirby and if you're Georgia. I mean, this is you, – you may never get this chance – Again, you know, for a while, like this is your most talented team. You're the best team in the country. You've been the best team in the country all year. Go out there, put your foot on Bama's throat, yep. move past them and go take care of business. Yeah, like, I it, agree. It, it will be hollow if they don't win it all. Here's another stat on Bama. Bama's one of the most penalized teams in the country this year. So bad. But they undisciplined, the undisciplined. Right. Out of 130 FBS programs, they rank number 118. They give up close to 70 yards in penalties per game. So bad. That's it's a drive killer, man. It's a drive killer when it's third down, you catch a holding and all that kind of stuff. So I think that works in in Georgia's favor. I don't want, I, I know you're going to get angry when I say this, but you know but, what? Vi <laughs> you know what vibes I'm getting here? What? 
I'm getting a 2018 Bama Clemson championship vibe. That's I'm not gonna get mad about that. I would be 40, it's like be tough four, to if through. I told you the finals 44 16 on Saturday, would you? I mean, it could happen. Kill myself in public? Probably not. But I mean, I would be upset. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, that's the vibe I'm getting. Like, because I remember yeah. back to that Bama team that year. And it, like, who's Bama's best win this year? Ole Miss? Uh, the number eight team in the country when you shut them out at halftime. Yeah, I'd say that was probably the best win. Were you, when you held them to the lowest points, rushing yards and total yards they've had under Kiffin, that's probably the best win. Well, Shit on that. it, though. Go ahead. If he converts any of those fourth downs. like Jesus Well, he did Christ. it. Like, he did it. It gets a defense. Take a damn field goal. You have a punter. Lane, use him. Stop oh, going. I love for that we're yelling. This is the best talk radio ever. Like, but all, like, but like, but here's the thing. And, and see, people, people refuse to do this for Bama. That defense stopped them, did they not? No, no, no. It's at the time that's a great win. But my point being, is it like, is now. It's an even better win now. That's their best win. What was the other one? I mean, I don't know. It, uh, probably Auburn. The way it felt emotionally. Yeah, but like you got outplayed for three and a half quarters. Like I, mean, I, I would say, honestly, Arkansas, because you you get like. Okay. I, I just, I'll maintain it. I'm sorry, Arkansas fans, because they've had a great season and they, they made the plays. But I mean, again, I, I know how many yards the defense gave up. You're talking about a, a blatant pass interference on Traylon Burks that wasn't called, a, a trick play on a fucking field goal that, that were, were basically picked by the ref. Um, and, they, and they score on that. And then you score the minute to go and it's a seven point game. There's just, that game could have been a blowout in a and lot yet of if ways. They, and yet, if they get the onside kick, they're going down the they tie it and up. go to overtime. How yeah, do we know I mean, that? I don't. I, don't, I mean, I don't well, know. I'm like, just saying it's it's possible. Yeah. So, uh, th- just the point I, I'm making is like, Bama's taking care of business. You know, this season they they've they've gotten to 11 wins, but again, it just doesn't feel like yeah. when you watch this team, you're like, man, against LSU, feels like they should have. They got outplayed majority of that game against yeah. Auburn. You got outplayed most of that game. You're against Georgia. You cannot get outplayed most of the game. Georgia is no. going to put their foot on your throat. Well, and, and I think too, that that's the thing for this Georgia team that would be like, you know, I, I always bring this up and I, and I talked to Willie Gray about this. I love Willie Gray. Good dude. Shout out him. Um, that 2008 Bama Georgia game. I, I will never forget. And a lot of this was alcohol induced. I'll admit it. But I mean, you know, I'm sitting there as a Bama fan and, and like at the time, man, it fucking, there are a few things that mattered more to me. And you're playing Georgia, and I'm in Athens, and it's it's the night for the blackout game. And I just remember just being adamant outside of sitting on the phone. All my friends are ready to go downtown and get drunk, and I'm already there. So I'm just like, what? I, I'm talking to my dad about the game. And so we're sitting there, and I'm like, tomorrow is the day that Saban and Rolando McClain and Glenn Coffey and Julio Jones and Mark Ingram and that whole fucking team go out here and, and, and like, I just, because I just knew what Georgia was. I, I knew it was all talk. It was, it was, no Sean Moreno and the theatrics there and, and all this other, like, you know, off-season, preseason, number one, all that kind of shit. And you come out and you go up 31-0 at the half, right? That's what this has to be for Georgia. And I think I – I don't know if 31-0 because that defense is, is really good still, but that that's the kind of thing I think that would be like, oh, my God. I Because I, you Georgia fans, you've been telling yourself forever that this is different. And I, and I see I see it just like you see it. Like, it is a different team. This, this team does feel different. Um, and I can, can easily can see Georgia doing out- that. Can we point out too that they've done this without like some of the big addition, like Tyke Smith, Eric Gilbert, Everyone. like all these dudes that were. I mean, George. Pickens, They're doing it like, with the 1957 Auburn <laughs> team playing fucking like uh, what do you call it? Wideout form, Lad McConkey. Like, could you imagine though if they had those guys? Like, no. how sick no. this team would be. They they have Stetson been at the fourth at quarterback. Kirby casually went out to fucking wine country and got the best tight end in the country, who was who was supposed to be the third best on his own team. I, I, I think that I can easily see what you're saying. The only thing I will tell you this, and I don't know where Clint Lamb is. We're supposed to have him on here. Maybe we'll just wrap it up here. But um, 
I, you know, I, I don't know what it is. Um, the 2018 team, I, I get what you're saying, but I just, I'll, I'll never forget being in that stadium and seeing them come out on the field. And it was just like, like people walking on the field for the national championship game. And I was like, this is something's off. Oh, you I mean, were at that game. I forgot. Yeah. I was supposed to be the host of the pre-taped halftime show. E. <laughs> Imagine this. Imagine being told Friday night that you were going to be the host of the pre-taped halftime show that Sunday, being flown out on a red eye on Saturday night to think all your dreams are coming true, to go out to Oakland and you're going to host for fucking Imagine Dragons and Lil Wayne. And then you get told oh, as, you're, yeah. as you're circling, as you're circling, because it rained all weekend and, and you're circling the, the fucking um, airport that like, by the way, they canceled it. They're not going to do a pre-tape. I was like, cool. I'll just be here for the game. <laughs> so then like you get to go to the game and all that kind of stuff and i'm with a clemson fan and it was just awful but you got um, to watch a taping of imagine dragons perform right they got to, they did it live oh was it live yeah so so they the way they do the halftime show is they will send you uh like they'll they'll they'll, they'll have a pre-taped performance like that friday like when is in atlanta kendrick lamar did his pre-taped on friday night that's and the right, game's okay. on Monday, right? So in case, because it, it's outdoors, so in case it rains or something happens, there's technical difficulties, then they have a backup to go to. So after, I, I don't, people probably won't believe this, but it's a thousand percent true. Shout out Maria. Um, uh, just Maria Vitali, one of my closest friends. I've worked with her at Houston's for years. Her husband now uh, runs the, he runs a bunch of festivals and shit like that. And he's, he's been the one that's been in charge of the, the college world national championship halftime show for like three years. And, and the whole weekend of, you know concerts and shit did he book chris young this weekend <laughs> i don't think he's in town this weekend but he did book chris marler as the host for the halftime show pre-taping in 2018 so i was gonna were, come out were that- you gonna do your comedy or were you just you just were gonna intro them i was just i was gonna intro them but i had written down jokes i had oh, you know I had, I had some stuff for the crowd i was like ready to go um they were all bad jokes uh, but it was like imagine dragons and uh and lil wayne and i was so i was like man this is like such a huge break for me and at the time you remember this I don't know if our listeners remember this, but that was the year that we kept like toting as like the year of Marler. Cause it was like, you know, I was full-time with SES. I, I, I won a game show. Bama's like maybe the best team we've ever seen with, with, with Tua. And I got to go to like, like Bud Light sent me to like to Miami for the orange bowl and the iron bowl. It was just awesome. And then we get fucking destroyed. I don't see that team being the same. Um, I guess, I mean, so I, I, Clint Lamb has not, has not come in here. So let's just give our final predictions and, and tell me what you think. And, and then we have a special guest interview afterwards with Peter Burns. So we got to stick around for that. So give me, get, go ahead, Gordy. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> well, I thought you were going to prompt me. Just stop talking. Um, <laughs> that was a prompt because I never do that. Yeah. I thought you might have like some cool imaging where it's like expert picks. Oh, yeah. You know, you know that there's anything about we, me. Like, look at we your do background that on, versus mine. On Locked on SEC, we have like cool sounders and stuff. So yeah, that's what that's we do cool. over there. Yeah, oh, by the way, and, and, and I should have said that as well. <laughs> Shout out, Gordy. Uh, I, I bring it up on the podcast a decent amount, Locked on SEC. So plug that. By the way, I fe- it's so hard to do that podcast because we do have a lot of Bama fans that listen mm-hmm. and a lot of other people. And it's so hard because the Bama dominance in the Saban era like you, you do tip your cap, but you do appreciate mm-hmm. how special they are. But man, like there's 13 other fan bases listening to my podcast and they want them to lose. So it's so hard to like, Hey, look, Bama's got a chance, but no, they're going to get their ass stopped because George is going to crush them. And Arkansas fans are going to be rooting for Georgia. You know, it's like that right. weird dynamic, but uh, no, look, I, I think, um, I think it's close at halftime. I think, I think Bama hangs around for a bit. I think the second half Georgia 
uh, I think they start getting to Bryce Young. Look, yeah. Bryce, Bryce has shown this year there's there's times where he can make the throws under pressure, and there's times where he absolutely crumbles. Right. I think I think we see that in the second half on Saturday. I think Bryce, the pressure gets to him. I think he's not able to do anything. I think we see a, a mistake, a fumble, yeah. something like that. Georgia takes it. They capitalize. And I think Stetson Bennett is holding up an SEC championship trophy as he should after beating Alabama and will still be questioning everything in life saying, how did this happen? Yeah. Where's JT Daniels? He was my Heisman bet, by the way, shout out to my Heisman bet before the year. JT Daniels really appreciate yeah, yeah. that one, bud. but, but, um, uh, Hey, I didn't know his ribs were just going to be like broken. He's all so year. fucking glass, man. Whatever I, like, I, I just, you know, and people, I, I sat here, I was one of the first ones to tell you that I thought Tua was soft and I stood by that. And, it, but Tua was so much tougher than the, anything close to this kid. It, it, like Tua was soft the first year because I don't think he ever faced like, you know defenses like like he played seven on seven from Hawaii so much so often like you know what I mean like he wasn't used to getting hit like that. Right. Um, but Tua Tua also had an ankle surgery eighteen days prior to playing LSU. You know what I mean? Like it, Tua Tua broke a hip. I, we didn't need to get into it. J, but bottom line, JT Daniels is soft as shit. He he really is. So thirty four seventeen Georgia. Oh, I fucking cut you off for that too. That's my bad. 3470. I'm a bad host. Okay. So here's the deal. I've been telling y'all all season to hammer Georgia. I finally have gotten to a place emotionally where I've convinced myself Bama will win. Now that I have Gordy on, I have somebody to, to bring me back to, you know, logic and stuff like that. This Georgia team is different. They're special. And I never thought I would do this, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say it to you guys because I because I, I fucking love y'all. And and I know, I know how you guys feel as a fan base. Gordy knows how you feel as a fan. You watch the LSU 2019 season, and it's a dream season, okay? This Georgia team, these fans have been waiting for 41 fucking years. They've been waiting for 14 to beat Alabama. You find, you've, you've sat there and watched it so many times, and you you in heartbreak. 2012, you know, you sit there, and, and you have, like, you know, a tip pass. Why didn't you spike the football? And all these questions, what if? And it's like, well... And, and you know you would have beaten Notre Dame by the same amount. You know that you would have won the national title probably in 2017 if, if well, you know, definitely in 2017, if, if Jalen Hurts plays for 60 minutes. There's so many things and, and so many what-ifs and so many fucking nightmares you guys have had to live through. And I'm going to get emotional saying this, guys. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you if you guys win. And, and I, I know that this game will be sponsored by Wellbutrin for me, and that's my antidepressant medicine that I'm clinically described to. But, I mean, like – I will probably have to take, um, you know, a double dose of that to be around the Georgia fans. I know you'll be insufferable. I know you guys will be obnoxious as shit. I, I'm not going to tell you who, but we had one pod mod who I love to death. And, th and this is like, he's a Georgia fan. And I, and I was like, what are you going to do if y'all win? And he goes, I'm going to be the biggest effing piece of shit imaginable. And I was like, wow. I would have said celebrate. Uh, but that's, you know, do you, <laughs> boo. I, you guys have been waiting long enough. I think you win this Saturday. I think you win 31 to 20. Um, 34 to 20. I think you guys, I think you guys know what I said. You said, you said, Oh, 17. 30, yeah. I said 34, 20. I, I, I think that this is the culmination of a lot of, a uh, lot of years, um, that of the suffering and the coronation of a team that really deserves it. And I think your fan base, I know I'll regret saying it, but you guys deserve it too. And I hope you'll enjoy it this Saturday. Um, just try to try to, like, don't burn the city down. Don't burn the city down. Don't burn the Facebook group down. Don't, I, you know, Gordy, honestly, what I'm interested in, like what I'm like interested and in also nervous to see is like, I mean, I've like pissed off people for 14 years. You know what I mean? Like there's like, like Oh, you, 
It's coming back on you. I mean, you can't <laughs> you can't dish it out if you can't take it back, right? I, listen, like, I, I like I have I have. You're right. You're right. And so I got to wear it, right? I just have to wear it. I can't say yeah. anything. And you all know, right. you guys will be like preseason number one next year. You'll yeah. probably win it all next year because that's fair. It's what Bama does. So but let enjoy Georgia this fans weekend. have their moment. No, and enjoy this weekend. Enjoy it, and like it's a long time coming. And I'm gonna tell you all right now. Some of y'all are gonna fucking cry, and you should. Because this is it's a great moment. So take it in. Enjoy Atlanta this weekend. Enjoy beating beating Bama. Cause I, like I said, I think it happens. But really, man, like it, like there are a few moments like this you get to experience as a fan, I think, unless you're a Bama fan. Um, that like where it's all of the it's I'm gonna say hard work, but like for fans, it's just like all of the all the years of turmoil and suffering, they come to an end. And they come to an end this weekend. So congratulations, pre-congratulations to Georgia. And I say that also with a small caveat, and if Bama wins, I'm going to ruin your fucking lives on here uh, come Sunday. So there you wow. go. Wow. Yeah. I, can I ask you two things real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. If Bama loses, mm -hmm. but we see all hell breaks loose. Oh, God. We didn't talk about that. Baylor beats Oklahoma State. Uh, you, Houston beats Cincinnati. Yeah. Oh, they're in. Like, yeah. Do you think Bama's still in? If those two things happen, yes. If those okay. two things, because they've already said Notre Dame's out. Yeah, but they I don't are. Know. You got to put them in, right? Like, I, well, they were. You don't have a coach. You got Marcus Freeman. He's the guy. Like, they're keeping everybody but Brian Kelly, and uh -oh. they're all like beating their chest. So, like, we are Notre Dame. Well, good for you. Go for yeah. it. Hey, Irish by the way, last, last time Notre Dame hired a, a a head coach for the first time, his first gig head coach gig was yeah. Notre Dame. Charlie Weiss, and that didn't go very well. So God, he was he was the worst looking person. I just remember him sitting on the ice chest calling plays for in Gainesville. Like, what the hell was that? Like, yeah, hey, just take a seat and call plays for us. I, he he looked like this every body of a of a fucking like Birmingham church bus that comes over to go to Six Flags in the summer, where you have this giant fupa and and front butt, and you're like, what is happening? Oh, that belt, um, that belt is holding on for oh, dear life. Dear life, the, dude. The What's other, the next question? The other point, uh, Bryce. I mean, who who wins the damn Heisman? Let's Bryce say Young. Bryce Young deserves even at a loss. You know. It depends on how the loss is and it depends on how he looks because then you can factor in how he looked against uh, Auburn as well. Let's say he's really bad. Like, uh, who? There's nobody else. Will Anderson? He's, he's not going to be a finalist, which is kind of crazy. It, you know, it, I think it comes down to how many votes Jordan Davis takes away from, uh, from him. I really you do. Think he, I, I don't think Jordan Davis is going to get a lot of votes. Yeah, I think he will. If, if they win this weekend, he has two sacks. We again, Jordan Davis is Beyonce. They we have talked ourselves into the kid can do no wrong. He has no fucking numbers, and I understand. I totally understand that at that position you don't you, you don't like put up a lot of numbers, but you can see players on other teams that play the same position and have put up better numbers. They're running he, away from Beyonce. the Marler. Can't do anything about Not that. Starting this with you. Did you see him sign the autograph for the little kids? Come on. That's but that's what it is, right? Like like he, that was his Heisman moment. I asked somebody this the other day. They were like Bryce Young, and even I was stupid saying that wasn't a Heisman moment, and, and I was wrong. That drive against Bam, or against Auburn was the Heisman moment, but. You know, like Jordan Davis getting you a touchdown. You can't play like crap for four quarters and then have a Heisman moment. Oh, I mean, he did. So, um, are you going to join us on the on the on the space, the Twitter space? Yeah. All right, let's do it. We got we got to get off here. So, we you guys hang tight. A big, big, huge thanks to Chris Gordy, my dude. Um, so glad we met at the at, at uh, what do you call it? Um, at SC Media Days 2018. Oh yeah. I need right. you to save me from who I was with anyway. And I really appreciate it, man. Cause now we're good at, friends at a rooftop <laughs> bar drinking like a Jimmy Buffett beer or something. I was hammering vodka sodas, but yeah, that's fair. Um, also, uh, make sure you check out his podcast, Locked on SEC. We stick around. We have a, a great interview with Peter Burns. Uh, spoiler alert. If you thought I was emotional now, Peter Burns showed me his corgis. 
Uh, one of them named Saban. So you can imagine how, how that was. I actually was able to finish the interview. I didn't have a meltdown. So love you guys. Have fun this weekend. Uh, and we will talk to you next week. All right. We are joined by my good buddy here, PB Peter Burns, who is, I mean, you're always living a great life. Like you're in your man cave right now. You get your visor on. You just put up, I mean, yeah. Oh, look, that's, look at, that hurts. Little, <laughs> that's that's little good. Saving, hanging out right now. That's he's, awesome. Uh, he's chilling, man. That's but, awesome. Uh, yeah, what's up, Marlon? What's up, not, good bud? Not much, man. I'm in my little, um, just a little humble abode, a little dwelling over here. And uh, what the LSU had for you? Because, I mean, that's one of the things, main thing we're going to talk about here is, yeah. I mean, so I'm, I'm watching SEC this morning, like, like I do almost every Monday and Friday. <laughs> And it, I, I, I say this like barely in jest, like it's like the only thing that makes me want to get out of bed on, on Monday mornings. I'm like, God, Mondays suck, man. Like, cause you're so far away from the, the games on Saturday, all kind of stuff, but you and CD always crack right. me up. But um, you, and you mentioned, they're talking about the LSU coaching search. And so it's a little bit like when you're looking at the way the weekend unfolded, right? I remember talking mm -hmm. to a buddy of mine who's very close to the program down there and on Friday. And he's like, here's what I know. And he's been spot on with everything before this. Right. And he was like, you know, Woodard said like, it's done. It's a done deal. Mm -hmm. And and they're going to be very, LSU fans will be very happy with the hire. We just have to wait until after the weekend. And then they're announced it. And he's like, so I think it's going to be Aranda or it's going to be uh, Riley, but I think Riley's a smoke screen. I was like, okay. So of course I tweeted okay. out and, um, and got old takes exposed and all that good stuff. But they had, I, when, when they start, the Riley stuff starts picking up steam and you see players and, and, and will Wade to start following him on Twitter, which is like, <laughs> that's seemed like a pretty obvious tell. I mean, do you tell me what you think about over the weekend as all of this unfolded? Well, I mean, it's one of those kind of self-fulfilling things. Like, it reminds me of what happens a lot of the days when we get into SEC media days, where mm -hmm. like one person will say one thing, then all of a sudden they're like, oh, okay, well, yeah, maybe that team might be good. And then all right. of a sudden, by the end of the week, it's been regurgitated 400 times, and you're almost people like willing it, wanting yeah. it to happen. So every single piece of like every single nugget of information, it's like, ooh, is this, you know, is this, I, I didn't expect this to happen, but right. now that I look at it, this perfectly makes sense. And yeah, I mean, that's why a lot of people thought, I mean, hell for a day and a half, that's what I talked about on my ESPN radio show on Sunday is, Hey, is it going to be Lincoln Riley? Is he going mm -hmm. to LSU? And, and I mean, it's, it's unbe unbelievable that when you go back and look at the film of Lincoln Riley, you know, the, there was a reporter that asked him about, you know, the, the, you know, kind of the chaos and the rumors about him. And yeah. he stops them before he asks the actual question. He goes, make eye let me put it out there. Yeah. And he goes, well, let me put it out there. I will not be the head coach at LSU, which again, I think the reason why he, he like interrupted him in that conversation was because he knew he was not going to LSU. Oh, like, yeah. like he may be going to USC at the time, but he wasn't going to LSU. So he was brilliant in saying like, so everybody just kind of left it. Right. There was no other follow-up like, right. all right, well, is there any other school? And it goes to show you that sometimes it's not, you know, you got to keep, you got to ask the right question to get the right answer. You know, so, and I love you to death, but I saw you say this on Monday and you said, you said that exact word, you said brilliant. And I couldn't disagree with you more. And I think part of this comes from just me being a <laughs> jaded person at right now. Um, yeah. And we've, we've talked off there like non, you know, non-football related, but when you were saying this on, 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 uh, on Monday, I was just like, I was cracking up because I was like, it's not brilliant. It's gaslighting, sir. He's just gaslighting everybody. And like, <laughs> it, it, but you look at it too. It's like, so as the weekend unfolds, I fully expected him to be named the coach and then he loses yeah. this game. And then it's like, he's not going to be the coach there and he's going to USC. And then, and then Napier's already going to Florida and, and you really didn't even interview him. And, and then Aranda's has already told you like on Friday, he's staying at Baylor. And so for a brief moment, LSU's yeah. looking like, like the laughing stock almost of like, you know, like, you know, they, they messed up this whole coaching search. 
Well, and, and the only reason why, like the only reason why I didn't think that they had ever screwed it up mm-hmm. is the fact of like the fact that they never kicked the tires on on Billy Napier right, right. down the road made me at least think, all right, listen, they're 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 gonna shoot big and they're going mm-hmm. for somebody really, really big. And the fact that it didn't get to the point they're like, all right, well, let, let wait a minute before Randa gets out of the backyard. I mean, before uh, Napier gets out of their own backyard, you know, they probably have somebody, they've got a pretty big fish on the hook, or at mm-hmm. least they think it is. Now, you know, when it comes out, of course, that it ends up being uh, Brian Kelly, then you realize, you keep, keep in mind, Scott Woodward's agent is Brian Kelly's agent. Oh, I know so that. there wasn't, they didn't necessarily need to be a whole lot of talking. And I mean, mm-hmm. that's when you start realizing that this world is very, uh, very connected in many other ways that right. we just don't see uh, on social media and whatnot. So, well, and I tell you what, you, you brought up the best point I thought you made about this whole thing. And, and I couldn't have agreed more because I've always questioned when, when good coaches at other programs leave, like, like Bielema, I'll bring it up nonstop. Like, why would you leave Wisconsin when you're, you're going to win 10 games a year, you're going to be in the big 10 championship almost every year. You're going to probably play for a Rose bowl every three to four years. Yeah. Why would you come to Arkansas in the toughest division in, in football? And like, I understand the ego part of it and the arrogance, not arrogance, but like competitiveness, I think. But at the same yeah. time, it's like, arrogance. Yeah. It, but Lincoln Riley making a decision not to come to the SEC. I know SEC fans are going to, you know, we're going to beat our chest and talk about like, you weren't good enough or you weren't tough enough to get here. Brilliant career move. Brilliant. And anytime I see a picture of him with the palm trees in the background, I'm like, yeah, he nailed it. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, I mean, that's Norman. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're going to get paid like an SEC coach. You don't have to play an SEC schedule. And oh, yep. by the way, if you want to prove it against the SEC, more than likely you'll have that opportunity in the college football playoff. Like, right. I mean, outside of the taxes and in, in, in the weirdos in California, like, <laughs> you know, but, but to think about it, right? Like how much, you know, how much talent has your team, Alabama pulled from California, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Because guess what? This was, there wasn't this Pete Carroll type, you know, Reggie Bush, mm-hmm. Matt Liner, just chaos around that program. And, and Mario Cristobal is a good coach, but he wasn't pulling those type names out of Oregon right. except Kayvon Thibodeau, right? That mm-hmm. was a big name that that has made a difference for Oregon. But yeah, I mean, to me, it was, you know, people said, oh, you know what? I, I can't believe he's doing that. He doesn't have the chest, as Les Miles That's would so say stupid. about being a head coach in the yeah. SEC. And I was like, dude, like life is about working smarter and not harder. And Lincoln Riley is a smart individual, right? Yeah, now. I agree. I completely agree. I, I will say you, you go from one blue blood to a I'd say it even, in my opinion, a better blue blood, like, like yeah. all around with like some of the, the traditions and, and stuff that they could have in place there. Um, and you go to an even weaker conference. So, but back to the Brian Kelly thing. I mean, so they get Brian Kelly, obviously he comes in, um, wasn't the biggest fan of how he left. It doesn't really matter. He's, he's in Baton Rouge. And, and today was just kind of like, as you, as you watch as an LSU fan, first off, and also somebody has to like, you know, cover this as like the front man for SC network. Like, what were your thoughts on all of it? Because I, I, the funniest thing that I kept hearing was there's several people that reached out. And they're like, dude, there's some good like Irish Catholic prospects in, in the Bayou. And I was like, name them. Just tell me it. Like I need a top five <laughs> Irish Catholic college football player list of all time. But what, what was, yeah. what was your uh, feeling like watching him like do the press conference today? It, it was surreal. Right. I mean, a, it's just, it was another one of those things where I pinched myself. I'm like, this is the biggest story in college football right, right now. It's had a Lincoln Riley. And I'm like, I'm, I'm I, like, how in the world am I the guy on television getting this opportunity right. to do this for my favorite flipping team, right? Yeah. Like I would be watching this um, glued to the television and, uh, on SEC Network, but I get to host it. So yeah. it's just surreal. And even when he, you know, we start running like the promotional videos and like his record and I'm like, this is actually, this happened. Like, this yeah. is not like me playing NCAA football and I, you know, I've made a change <laughs> and I edited a roster or something right. like that. Like, like Brian Kelly's coming. 
And it, it made me think about it. I'm like, there's been so it's been fun to be an LSU fan. Mm-hmm. I will, I'll not gonna yeah. lie. Ever since Nick Saban brought that first one in 03, but it's been such a roller coaster ride, right? right? Like it has been like you have no idea if it's gonna be the greatest or worst day every single day. That's a really and good point. from less from less miles to Ed Ogeron, and we saw the highest of highs. We saw some pretty damn lows recently, and I'm like, and that's the reason why whenever he got fired on October the 17th, you know, the next morning on SEC this morning on October 18th, I was like, you make Brian Kelly say no because I started yeah, going through a list, kept Martin, saying it. And I kept going through the list of what what type of big time coach would bring consistency. And I was like, mm-hmm. Dabo's not going to leave. No. You know, Nick, of course, not going anywhere. Kirby's not going anywhere. Lincoln kind of came to mind. But I'm like, man, stability is is what Brian Kelly has has brought. Bingo, and I yeah. know I've made fun a lot of fun about of Notre Dame in the past, but it was more of like I never thought Notre Dame could take it to that next level and compete when right. Bama was at its greatest or Clemson was at its greatest. And I think even though he denied it today, I think Brian Kelly couldn't say that out loud, but I think that's the reason why he's the head coach and going, now I've done about everything I could do. Like there's nothing more damning than to have a team that may be college football playoff. 11 and one. Right. (laughs) 11 and one might be in there. Yeah. And to think I need to go somewhere else and have a challenge, like not like, Oh man, this is a team that can win a title. Cause he knows if he got in there, this team would be good, Mm. but they're not elite. And now he can have elite talent down in Baton Rouge, and it, it still is surreal to yeah. me. Well, so, and it's it's funny too because, like I always say, this or the nation of haters thing, how we just—it's so hard for anyone to give credit to any other fan base, any other team, but their own, right? And so, a lot of the reaction to the the Brian uh, Kelly thing was like, like first to speak to what you said about like it says a lot about Notre Dame. He was he was actively trying to call Florida. It's like it's what we learned today too. So it's like. Him trying to get yep. out of there at eleven and one with the possibility to get in there is is in the, in the playoff is kind of crazy. But well, real quick, one of the things he said today, and I and I tweeted it about. He kept saying align alignment. Mm-hmm. I mean, he like it seemed like he was getting paid for every time he said the word alignment. And oh, I wow. almost felt like like it was something that him and Notre Dame, much like kind of Brett Bielema, wasn't in line with right. aligned with Barry Alvarez when he was over at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same situations like. I think that he probably went to Notre Dame. He's like, I, and listen, I can, I can win a title here, mm-hmm. but I need this, this, and this. Right. Nick Saban did it at Alabama, and he got it. Kirby Smart did it at, in, at Athens, and he got it. And I think that over the years, he's asked for that at Notre Dame, and they're like, hey, I mean, you're doing pretty well as it is, right? right. Do we need a whole lot? And Scott Woodward or whoever it was going to be was going to be like, brother, if you come here, whatever you need, we're going to get. And now right. that, that, that's the future. You know, we'll, we'll see. Future's bright. I do. I love the power that all of everyone seems to have in college football now. That's not just the administration of the NCAA. Like, like the, the players having more power of the NIL stuff, being able to leave in the transfer portal. You saw what Napier did at Florida, where he flat out was like, "Hey, like, I mean, you, I'm your number one candidate. Like, I'm not taking this job unless this, this, and this happen with recruiting, and you guys make this commitment." I, I, I think it's awesome. Right. So, um, okay, going around like just you know, um, it's the end of the regular season. Bama SEC or Bama Georgia SEC championship this weekend. Yeah. I, I, I'm fine. Everything's fine. I'll be. It's, Are you it's, fine? No, like I was going to say, you don't see like the fact anybody, anybody like it's like watching like, um, you know, uh, not Roman, but uh, whatever the guy's name is, uh, one of the Roy's in uh, in succession. If you watch uh-huh. it, it's a brilliant show um, is the fact Kendall Roy. It's like anytime he says he's fine, he's definitely not fine. So yeah. anytime an Alabama fan such as yourself says, I'm, I'm, and I'm fine going in there. I'm right. like, bro, you're not fine. But it's like, it's OK. Like, like. 
embrace the fact that this is a good team uh-huh. going against a juggernaut. Like this yeah. is normally it's David and Goliath flip, but like you guys are David this year. And that's, you know, like, don't worry. Like, relax. no, I mean, it's going to be fun, man. Like I'm honestly, I'm, I'm like, I know once game day comes here, I'll be amped up. And, and I've, I've, I've said all year, I thought Georgia's going to win. I've said multiple times that like on fine bomb, yeah. I was like, they're going to win by 14 plus points. And I, and I kind of stand by that, but I was talking to my boss about this yesterday. And I think, and then uh, my buddy Clint Lamb too covers Bama and, he was like, you know, man, it's honestly like, hasn't this season been more fun? And I was like, what do you mean? Because like, I, I've said in the past that you could argue being a Bama fan before Saban was con- consistently more fun at times than it is now, not because of the championships. And I know people think that's stupid, but every week mattered. And so you're talking about this week or, or this year where you've got four games that are are like, you know, decided by seven points or less in the regular season. It, that doesn't sound like a lot. That's more than they've had the last six years combined in the regular yeah, I call, season like I, I like over the last four or five years i told i told my wife as we've gone through this roller coaster ride as an lsu fan mm-hmm. right like like is it fun to watch alabama football because no. it felt like 2020 like by the you know i mean halfway through i mean we call them laundry games yeah because halfway through every single game laundry Lori's, uh, lauren's like ah, okay she's you know game's over i'm gonna start doing some laundry and i'm like at least you got you got to experience what ninety five percent of college football fans now experience, which is like, oh, this won't be a dominating win. It's right. still a win, but yeah, I I think you're spot on that this, in a weird way, is is a fun season for Alabama fans, just in a different way that they're not used to that you know uh, competition. Honestly, I don't, and I don't know if they're. And it's not even because of the saving quote from last week. I just don't know if, as a whole, that fan base is not. Like, like there's, they're so entitled that I, I really don't, or we're so entitled, whatever you want to say is like, it, it, I don't know if they, if they realize how much fun they could be having watching it because I mean, that Auburn game last week was, was miserable for 58 minutes in terms of just like an aesthetics, like just, it was an awful game to watch, but I mean, yeah. any, and I, you know, I said this in the pod last week, anytime you get to go beat your rival is great. Anytime you get to go rip their heart out is, is the best. You know what I mean? Second, like just, well, I was, well, I was there on the field for second and 26, mm-hmm. right? Like never have you seen Nick Saban so happy because right. it would, you know, it was, oh my gosh, I can't believe this. And you know, his interview with Jamie Erdahl after the, after the win in the iron bowl was great. Cause yeah. he talked, I mean, he's like, can you believe it? Like how much fun is this? And right. he, you know, the, <laughs> I'll never forget saving, you know, he said in his, like, Hey, at halftime, I told the guys, let's just have fun. I'm like, I was like, what <laughs> did you guys, did you guys give juice boxes out as well too? <laughs> like, did you have everybody going to go to Chuck E. Cheese pizza? Yeah. But, but we get caught up and that goes back to his rant a couple of weeks ago. Right. Like his rant was like, Hey man, we're like these kids, they're trying to figure it out. Like they don't want to lose. Like mm. we're holding them to this perfection standard. Now, it's kind of his fault because he's been so damn yeah. good. But uh, again, it, it's a, um, I, I, that the only, the only reason why I think Nick Saban ever steps back from being mm. the head coach of Alabama is not because I don't think he loves it anymore. I think it's almost more of a, like, what, what are we doing? Like, have we, yeah. have we set this bar? That's just not like, what, why am I doing this? If, everything is going to be questioned. It's not fun for the guys right. in this program anymore. Like I think, and, and the fans can handle that. And I think Nick Saban's trying to give a little warning shot to people going, Hey man, if you, yep. it's not just the kids, but I don't know how much longer I want to do this. If everybody's going to keep acting that way. And, and I think that's a, that's a, that's a warning salvo from Saban. I honestly, I think you're correct too. Cause I've, you know, people close to the program that I've talked to or people close to him that I've talked to. I mean, they've, they've said from, for years, it's like, 
Mm. He, he sometimes he doesn't feel very appreciated because of the because of what we're what he's doing is it's unprecedented, right? It's 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 just the right. most dominant stretch in, in football history, and and it's just like Bama fans show up. Like I mean, you got fans that get mad for other fans for like standing up during games, and you don't sell out home games now against your rivals, and it's it, it you know I think that part too I, I agree, and you know he's got a grandson now, and it's like I I think I think he's yeah. happy, like I think he's genuinely happy. And it's been fun to watch him. Like it's been confusing at times. Like when he's like, I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say anything bad about a win against LSU. And he had six yards rushing. And I was like, Are you, I will. I'm going to a lot. <laughs> so, right, because he knows, and I think that's one of the things. Like he knows what this team is. Yep. Right, nobody knows their team better than Nick Saban, and probably Nick understands that. Listen, this is not a. This is a very talented team compared to 130 other teams, but right. this isn't talented compared to normal Alabama Nick Saban right. talented. Um, and I mean, it reminds me of like when Tiger had it roared, oh, like, yeah. you know, like when he won in Pebble in, in, in 2000 or whatever, and he's just crushing everybody and like Tiger would play bad for like one or two tournaments and they're like, well, what's going on with Tiger? And they're right. like, well, he got fourth, he got fourth place at the British open. They're like, I know, but the swing needs to be fixed. You're like, at some point, that's just a grind. Like that's not yeah. fun. If you shoot 66 and people will be like, well, you should shoot 64. So right. Again, it's it's interesting times. Now, I yeah. still think Georgia beats the hell out of Alabama. This okay, week, well, I, but, you have to say it like that. I was going to get to that. <laughs> the first, like, it was a long way, long winded way of saying it. Um, I think it's low <laughs> the scoring. hell out of them. Um, I think it's low scoring because I just don't see anybody just absolutely, you know, ripping, um, right. ripping the Georgia defense. I mean, to me, it feels kind of like one of those, I, I don't know, like twenty-seven to thirteen type yeah. games. And, and that, you know, as long as Georgia makes sure that they don't get behind the eight ball, like, because what happens if they get behind the eight ball early, all of a sudden it's th- those mental yips that come up, right? Love it. That's exactly like right. You know, if it's like 10 nothing, you know, like it's, let's say Alabama, you know, Georgia defers, which I would think that they would if they yeah. were on the coin toss. And all of a sudden Alabama gets the ball, they go and march right down the field, they score mm-hmm. a touchdown. And then Stetson Bennett throws an interception. You're like, oh, and God forbid it's deep in their own territory. Yeah. And like, this is what happens in Georgia, Alabama. Everybody will go crazy. But if it's one of those situations where it's like a three and out for Georgia, they get in and they just run the ball right down their throat right off the bat. Right. It has, I I think it has a a potential to get ugly. And I lean that that happens more so than, yeah. you know, Bryce Young going crazy, Stetson Bennett going awful. Type I thing. honestly, and I, I hate to say it, but I mean, I, I completely agree because I think it's just you know, you've watched twelve games, you've watched this unfold, and and like you've you've just seen this Bama team be consistently bad at times, like I'm, I, I, you know, in areas of the game, like offensive line or the defenses, you know, in certain times in certain games. But yep. so I mean, yeah, I, I could see that. I think that um, it's it's funny watching both fan bases. Like somebody who grew up in the state of Georgia. And, and, and it's been a huge Bama fan forever, but like, it's funny watching each yeah. fan base change their mentality going into this week, because it's like Georgia, listen, I love them to death. You guys, like, you know, we have a lot of listeners of Georgia fans and I know you've been waiting for a long time for this national championship and you're going to, they're going to get it. Yeah. But like this entire year has been like this, like growing confidence. And then also just begging for disrespect, just begging to be disrespected by anyone and everyone. And then Bama fans are like, also somehow clinging on to that it's like which you just you can't say as a Bama fan it's it's been it's been wild to watch I mean to me I've told because I'm you know my my sister married a a diehard Georgia Bulldog fan yeah and and all year long it's been fun to watch the the season through his eyes really for the fact that he's like 
yeah, but as if the other shoe is going to drop. And I'm like, right. dude, you're like Clemson used to Clemson until they didn't. Right? right. And I'm like, and look what happened. They, they took off. And I'm like, this is how I felt as an LSU fan in 2019. Like at some point you realize, no, this is a national, this is a team. Yeah. And like that. And like, and it hit me about a, two weeks before the Alabama game when LSU won before Alabama, Auburn. before they beat that game. Yeah. That all of a sudden it hit me. I'm like, Oh, this team's going to win it. And it's mm-hmm. going to win it all. And it was so much more fun to watch it through that light. Like whenever they played Alabama, I'm like, they're beating Alabama. Right. Like it wasn't like, Oh my God, I'm worried. And I don't know, man. It's just I don't know if it's a positive karma or that's a bunch of bullshit. I don't know if I can curse on this. No, that's just it. Cultural uncensored, man. Like, I was going to ask you later. Like to me, like Georgia fans should roll in there, and I mean that dude, the halftime speech of Kirby, my God, against uh, Florida. Like I'm not a Georgia fan, but I'm like I wanted at one point I was like I might renounce my LSU fandom just to be a, a Kirby Smart fan, like. Yeah, I, and, I and that, that mentality saving, is incredible it's like no. everything he said like the first time he said it too i was like oh i, got, I mean i got goosebumps now like thinking about it it, it was just it was yeah. awesome and like i, I love watching this team I, i've said since the end of the year they had a chance to be like less likable lsu because they're they're gonna they have enough personality on there to to capture like you know a lot of the nation like jordan davis you know it's, it's not as much as lsu with coach o and joe burrow and all these guys but right it's it's been fun to watch honestly in, in up until i'm sure this saturday but it it's, I remember Barrett Salee said this, and I've, I've said it before, like when Clemson beat Bama, and this is what I think mm-hmm. for Georgia this year, it's, it's not, it wasn't like a culmination at the end of that season. It was a coronation of what this team had been, you know, moving towards the entire season. So, um, all right, real quick, we'll get some rapid fire for you before we get you out of here, because I know you got a life to Perfect. live. Um, you said you were putting up Christmas tree de- or Christmas decorations? Oh, yeah. So we did Christmas decorations, and I could barely do that because I, I threw up my back building a princess Jesus bed um, for the do- <laughs> my daughter last week. So, dude, it's hell getting old. Like, you're, trust me, you like the idea, it was great when I was like the last one of all my boys to right. get married and have kids because we were traveling, doing everything. I used to make oh, fun yeah. of them. And then now, like, their kids are almost all in high school or almost out, and I'm sitting there like, Oh, the two-year-old hasn't had its nap and it's pissed right. off at me. And then the, the four-year-old daughter, I'm building this. So uh, I'm, they're getting the last laugh. To say the least. I hear you. Um, so this actually comes from my, what I refer to as my host family now, because you know the situation. We've talked about it. Um, yeah. My boy that, uh, that you know took me in here and he's got two girls under the age of five. They're, they're fucking great. They're the best. And uh, awesome. so Christmas is like a big thing for him, right? And so, you know, Uncle Chris is down here in the basement and, and they, he just went all out. Like, it's just the decorations are crazy. But he had this question for you, which is, with with Christmas lights, what is your go-to? Is it is it colored lights or is it white lights? There's only one answer for me, and it's oh, white boy. lights. I go Love like it. I just go strict white lights. That is the whole simple thing. Like I just I feel like I feel like we're trying just too much. I yeah. feel like we're trying to. I feel like it's yeah. I I can't do all the colored lights. So to me, let's just keep it simple, old Love school. Um, yeah, white lights on it. Um, eggnog by yourself uh sell i've never been an eggnog guy yeah. just can't I, I i don't know if it's a texture or just it just all looks it. like shit i don't know okay, i'm not a not an eggnog guy whatsoever. um i did hear you say this a couple weeks ago and it was the worst thing i've ever heard come out of your mouth and it was when you were in college you had you and your your, your boys had like a, a a bed at the beginning of every single year and it was like you yes. had to pick a, a different booze and i was like oh that's kind of yes. a good idea but then you stuck with yeah. it for the whole semester and you got gin 
Yeah. So <sighs> what we would do is we would have, it was kind of like a freshman orientation deal the first semester we're playing college golf and they're like, all right, what we do is we put like six or seven different types of alcohol and we put yeah. it on a piece of paper and you have to stick with that alcohol. So like the first freshman, my freshman year, my first semester, it's vodka. We're like, right. yeah, I mean, we're going to drink vodka. Like second one, second semester, it's rum. We're like, this is great. But then third semester, my, my, the start of my sophomore year, it was gin. That is and I mean, so, which sounds not too bad for like the first like two weeks, but then you go like three months in and you're trying to go to like, you know, college parties and you're like, because I mean, <sighs> we had this code of honor and it was so freaking stupid when you think right. about it, like, God forbid you ever drink, a, you know, you get caught drinking anything other than that, but we're like deathly afraid of it. And um, I mean, yeah, most gin's know. bad, dude. I don't know what your your financial situation was in college, but like, dude, it was fuck, not like good. I, I don't like, remember anything like, above. We would middle splurge shelf. for Seagrams, <laughs> like we would splurge. like it was it was like plastic bottle gin, and it was just not like to this day I can't drink gin. Like everybody Nor has a drink you. that they can't drink, and I I just can't. Gin is no go for me. I'll never forget my my favorite response I ever got from a customer at Houston's when I brought up some drink we have a gin in it, and I said it's got a juniper berry, and this guy goes, "What the fuck is a juniper berry?" And I was like, "I, you know, I don't know." Um, last two, something something you need for gin to make it sound, to actually make it drinkable. Dress it so. up, man. Um, favorite so, Christmas song, favorite Christmas movie, and, and we'll get you out. Um, Christmas song, no. I mean, <laughs> come on. Really? Yeah, yeah. I mean. I don't, I mean, there's not, I guess you can go the jingle bells or, you know, I, I don't know. It's like the me, traditional ones for you, like the old ones. It's, it's the Hawaiian song um, in, in National Lampoon's Vacation. And then yeah. that, that's the only one. I mean, National Lampoon's Christmas I think Vacation. I that scene. It's the only true one. I think it's that. And then obviously Christmas Story is solid, Home Alone. Yeah. But to me... I, I, you know, the Griswold family is the only one that I'll watch every single one. Like right. if I don't do it, like Christmas it didn't officially happen. I'll tell you what, man, this isn't going to, this isn't going to shock you at all with, with my um, personality or presence on social media, but I got blocked on, uh, on what is it? On Yelp like six years ago. Cause I wrote a fake review about the Plaza hotel from Kevin McAllister's dad. And they did not think it was very funny. It like, it was up there for like several weeks and it was like, this is Couldn't find my kid. Donald Trump's hanging out in the, in the, in, in the, uh, charge my credit card, $900, like, like all the above, man. <laughs> um, all right, PB, you're the man. We appreciate it. You're going to be in Atlanta this weekend. Um, hope to see you and, uh, and, and uh, safe travels, all that kind of stuff. I'm in. Uh, we will drink anything, but not gin. That's the only Absolutely thing we're not. not. Yeah. Weekend, we should just so. give gin to, to CD. So it makes sure there's extra calories in it. Um, yeah, and he'll probably throw it up in that way he is. So, <laughs> okay. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Thanks, dude. We appreciate it. All right. See you. Bye.